Hi, and welcome to the McGappin' Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Ian. And we have uh, just gotten out of the uh, press screening for Glass, the sequel to Unbreakable and Split by M. Night Shyamalan. Yep. We are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> We're proudly sponsored by Green Room 136, who are uh, Malaysian-made backpack and sidekeep and bag, urban carry gear manufacturer. Um, they make great stuff. We have uh, we both use a lot of their stuff on a daily. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to take a look at their stuff, you can go to greenroom136.com, but you should probably click on the link that's on this post on the website. So go to mcgavinfries.com, find this post. There's a link there. If you click on that, we'll get a little bit back from Greenroom136 from any purchase you made. So please do that. That'll be great. That'll help us out. Yeah, please do. So, without further ado, here's our review. Don't of say without further ado. I hate it. It's on YouTube all the fucking time. Look, if you're not going <laughs> to fucking edit this shit... If you're not going to fucking edit this shit, stop like t- saying what's wrong with what's being said as it's being said. It's live. It gives that live feel. Okay. Yeah, here's our review of Glass. The three of you have convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts like something out of a comic book. David Dunn, the only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago. What do you do? I'm in security. <laughs> You think you have superpowers. It's a feeling. Vision. I have to touch them. You believe you are a protector. My name is Patricia. I have no question. There are two dozen identities. I'm Mary Reynolds. Por favor, senora. We almost got you, bro. That live in that body with you. The beast is coming any minute now for you guys. But what I am questioning is your belief that you are something more than human. And yet, it is true. So, um, Split was a shock. Split was, actually, you know, I mean, I don't, I, it wasn't really a shock for me. I was, I went in there expecting to enjoy it, and I did enjoy it. Had you seen The Visit? Um, I had, I've seen The Visit now. I hadn't yeah. seen The Visit when I saw Split. Uh, but I'd heard good things about The Visit, and I'd always kind of been hoping that M. Night Shyamalan would, would come back and show what he can do, because he made a lot of good movies. Yeah. I, you know, Sixth Sense is a great film, Unbreakable is an amazing film. I Moments from uh, Signs are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think with, with, with The Village and Signs, there's nothing wrong with those movies until you get to the third act where you have that big reveal, which kind of became a a little bit of a problem for M. Night Shyamalan where it wasn't about the movie anymore, it was about the twist. And, exactly. if, the t- and if the twist didn't work, then the movie didn't work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable had great twists as well, but they were also really, really, really solid films. Yeah, and after suffering through Avatar, watching The Visit was, you know, like, could this be the comeback? And it was, it was a cute little movie. Like, there was moments in it that are, like, deeply, darkly humorous in a really funny way. Yes, That yes. the audience totally got on board with when I saw it in the cinema. Yeah. And there were moments of it that didn't quite work, and I really enjoyed it. I really thought, okay, finally, seems to be back on his way. Mm-hmm. Going into Split, we had no idea what was going on with it. And mm-hmm. I thought that was built really well and paced really well and all these reveals. And then, mid-credits, we find out that it's, it's set in the same universe yeah, as set Unbreakable. Set in the same universe as Unbreakable. The Unbreakable theme kicked in. Which, yeah, you, I remember, we saw this at the BFM screening, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I recognized the theme immediately, and I started to get chills, and I thought, oh, this is very, very cool. I was clueless. Um, so when it was announced that he was going to be doing a sequel that would combine these things, you know, with bringing back Bruce Willis, bringing back Samuel L. Jackson, and having them in the same having them, well, team up, kind of, with yeah. uh, the James McAvoy character, uh, it was very exciting. Very, very exciting. I love the first teaser, the first teaser trailer to it, and I love the uh, the uh, 
the the first the first trailer. I don't think I saw. I don't think there was another trailer. If there was, I didn't see it. Mm. And I thought it looked great. I thought it looked really, really, really good. And so yeah, we've just seen the film. I mean, it's an interesting film. <laughs> it's <laughs> an interesting yeah. film. I mean, it's not a home run. Yeah, it's not a home run. But uh, like you know, I I kind of noticed like based on the whisperings after the screening that it seemed like some people had issues with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got issues with it. I have a few issues, but mm-hmm. as well as that, I saw a few headlines going in because the US uh, screenings were the day before. So a lot, some headlines were talking about unsatisfying and stuff like that. So it didn't color my expectation because mm-hmm. I didn't want to click on those stories. I only saw one where I, uh, where where it was someone had screen grabbed like an email basically saying like, you're, you're very wordy. Hmm. Um, and then I think it was Jermaine. No, oh, no, it was me. I, it was Jermaine Lucider. Some, yeah, yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. of the last yeah. films that they, that they were commenting about his review. Yeah, like, saying like critics are useless. It's like, yeah, I retweeted that. <laughs> yeah, but we should. So the, the setup is that it's eighteen years since the since Unbreakable, and David Dunn is out there doing bits and his bit bits and pieces to help people out where he can use his powers without becoming, you know. Knowable, or, yeah, you know. yeah. He doesn't. He, he pretty much stays on, under the radar. So you know, he's still doing the superhero thing, but he's keeping it fairly small, so not to draw too much attention to himself. And the cops are looking for him, but they haven't found him yet. And his son, uh, jo- Joseph, uh, played by Spencer Treat Clark, the same actor to play his son in the in the in the original, which is very the, cool. In Unbreakable, uh, he's kind of acting like his um, Oracle. Yeah, like his Oracle. Like, uh, what's the? He's the guy with the chair. What's Punisher's guy's name? Is it microscope? Uh, Mi- mainframe? No. No, no. Is it microscope or some shit like Something that? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah but he's basically... From, from Spider-Man Homecoming, he's like, can I be the man? Can I be the guy in the chair? Yeah. The guy who tells you where shit is? Yeah. So, what he's so, doing. so his son is the guy in the chair. Yeah. Um, and we, find, we first meet him when he's just basically taking in a bunch of internet hoodlums. Yeah. <laughs> Superman yeah. punch him, Ronald? <laughs> yeah. And then, later, and then later you find out that he wasn't actually supposed to do that. That yeah. he goes on these he goes on these sort of patrol walks. Specified walks. Yeah, these specified walks where he's not supposed to get distracted and go after people he, that, he, that wasn't part of the schedule. But if you've forgotten what the deal is, if he touches someone, he sees their sins, essentially. Yeah. And then he'll get some flashes that he can track them down and sort things out. Yeah. Which up until now seems to be just like beat the shit out of them and... To treat them a lesson, give them a lesson. Yeah. So at the beginning of the film, uh, David Dunn is hunting the Horde, uh, played by James McAvoy, who's playing how many how many characters? Twenty four, I think. Like that's that. like I'm 20... not sure if that includes the Beast. Maybe at some maybe point not. it said like there's a, there's a piece of paper that says like twenty four. So yeah, four cheerleaders have gone missing, and the Horde is holding them. Is just holding them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, there's no ransom or anything. He's just fucking with them before he kills them. And well, the horde was it? They need to be. The horde needs innocence and suffering, or not innocence. If they've lost their innocence and they have suffered, so he wants them, right? He devours them or some shit. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember from Split what he did to them. It's only yeah. been 2016, but I've forgotten already. So that's how the film starts. Yeah, and if you've seen the trailer, you know that at some point. All three of these characters, David Dunn, um, the El- Horde, and Mr. El- Glass, Elijah, Elijah Price, Price um, all end up in the same psychiatric institution where they are under the supervision of um, uh, Dr. Ellie Staple, played by Sarah Paulson. Her name was Sarah Paulson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> And so that's all we'll say about it until we get into spoilers, and we'll get into what we feel about the movie. But about, we'll talk a bit that, more. That's about, about as much as the plot as we're going to get into, right? Yeah, now. yeah. If if you if you if you've seen the trailer and you know they all end up in an institution at the beginning, David Dunn's looking for the horde. You can kind of figure out what happens. Yeah, and Bruce Willis is slowly turning into Colonel Ty from Battlestar Galactica. 
A little bit, yeah. At the beginning, There's, I was like... There is there is some resemblance. Especially when I was like the, the, the goat beard, the white goat beard going What's on. What's that guy's name? Is it Michael Hogan? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Michael Hogan. <laughs> I got an autographed, uh, framed autographed <laughs> picture from Comic-Con upstairs. <laughs> one, of, one of the best, one of the best... Uh, one of the best sign-offs ever is like, to Gavin, frack them all. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be a very specific fan to get that. So, yeah, they get to the, they get to the psychiatric hospital pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I felt then the movie seemed to slow down quite it a does. bit. It does. It does. Like, this is not the Avengers. <laughs> no. And I think, I think we can say that because I think setting expectations, I think the trailers and you know, the idea alone kind of might set people's expectations a little too high. Yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, I think the movie that I saw is the movie that was sold. Mm. You know, um, yes, the, the the pace does slow down once they get to the uh, the psychiatric hospital, but then the story goes in a different direction and it becomes a kind of a different film. Mm. Uh, so the the first Unbreakable, I mean, not the you know the first. Well, Unbreakable was Unbreakable one. I mean, <laughs> Unbreakable was not a fast paced movie either. Yeah, you know, I mean, Split in comparison, Split was probably the the most uh, pacey, mm. the, the paciest of, of the three. But Unbreakable was a real slow burn. Yeah, it took a while for things to get going, but it was fascinating. Yeah, because it, it was, was a really, filter applied to the yeah. whole thing. You only realize the comic book thing really at the end. Yeah, like, up until that point, it is a very I mean, that was again, that was 2000. That's, yeah. you know, X-Men is just out the same year, right? Yeah, you didn't realize you were watching a, a superhero origin movie. You yeah. didn't. Uh, but That was the like, twist. So, so I don't see, like, people who are going to bitch about the pacing in this movie I, and claim to be fans of Unbreakable, I'm like, you guys are full of shit. <laughs> I, well, the thing for me with the pacing was that it's called Glass. Like, I mean, you can talk about certain creative choices and yeah. disagree with them, but if pacing is one of them, then that makes no sense to me. Well, I felt that in a film called Glass, we get to see Samuel L. Jackson, but we don't get to see Mr. Glass for quite a while. And I felt no. that was, I would have liked to get there quicker. Well, I think... Yeah, when you call your movie Glass, you would think that uh, Mr. Glass is going to play a bigger role in it, and he does. He does. He does. He's he's pivotal, and he, well, he, you know, can't can't get into spoilers, but I mean, like, he's it's his thing. Yeah, it it is his thing. It's not necessarily his film, mm. but it it is his thing. So I didn't really have an issue with that. Um, it was great to see all three of them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice to see Bruce Willis look like he kind of kind of gives a shit. Yeah, there's a moment where there's a moment where he's looking through a box of belongings. Mm-hmm. That is like more acting that I've seen him do in a long time. It was a nice moment. Yeah, it's a nice moment. Oh, there's a moment in the kitchen as well early on where it's just like his hint given. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really nice as well. Like he, he, you know, Kevin Smith's talked a lot of shit about him over the years. He has, he has, and a lot of other people have as well. But and some M- directors seem to get good work out of him. And M. Night Shyamalan has always been good at those very sort of quiet character moments mm. um, in, in his smaller films. You know, he kind of loses himself a little bit in the bigger ones. But, but in films like Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, uh, even Lady in the Water, you know, like uh, these quiet moments where a character's alone and is just sort of thinking about shit and mm. <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, what his next step is. M. Night Shyamalan's really good at that. He kind of has a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a Euro- European aesthetic where... He he allows the camera to just sort of linger and and it becomes a moment. Yeah. Uh, and this movie has a lot of that. Although this movie leans really leans heavy into the whole idea of comic book mythology. Yeah. And that is something that works to an extent. Yeah. There's uh, a point where it feels like not like showing off, but it's like, hey, look what I know. But it's like. Yeah, but we we were able to tell this from the subtext. You're making a text all the time. Yeah, yeah. In and, a way. And there are certain things that happen that are quite 
quite convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know when, when certain characters all happen to turn up at the same time, you're like, really? Yeah. This is really convenient. And then when there's, and then after that, there's sort of like a stinger kind of like pseudo punchline that's connected to all this comic book mythology. And, and it's like... Not after the credits. There's nothing after the credits. So don't yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no post-credit stinger. Yeah. Don't stay back for that. But he is back on his twists. He's back on his bullshit. He's doing his twist stuff again, in a way. In a way, in a way. And, and they work to an extent. Yeah, I was really on board. When the film reveals itself, I was really on board with what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But I think from the off, you know, there's this whole idea being like you're, you're taken in by a movie, you're swept up by a movie. Yeah. I found myself not being swept. I was enjoying seeing David Dunn and everyone together. But I, there was something about the music I didn't like. The music, I mean, it's supposed to be scratchy and it's supposed to be kind of, you know, shattered and all this kind of stuff. But even at the credits at the end, I found it kind of annoying and off-putting in a way that like, not in a way that I think the movie wanted it to happen. Right. And as a result, I felt a little bit out of it. Like I wanted to be swept up in this. I wanted to just be going along with this the whole way. You know, if you're thinking about, if you start overthinking things during the movie, the movie has lost you in some way. I was, I mean, I won't use the phrase swept away with it, but yeah. I, I was engaged. Yeah. I was engaged with the film and um, it was only once it kind of got into the third act mm. that um, I won't say it, I won't say it came apart, but you could see the holes. I think, it, but I think those, by that point, I was kind of back on board. And I was, I mean, there's also a thing, it's a funny movie. It is a funny movie. There's a lot of just like, and a lot of it's intentional funny. It's not Avatar. But a lot of the, funny. but a lot of the humor in it is very much in keeping with Unbreakable and Split. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's very, very dry, very specific. Uh, of course, there's a there's a of course there's an M Light Shyamalan cameo, but that was great. It's like Jesus, just let your dad go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a great line. Yeah, it's a great line because like, why? What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> I, m- I remember like uh, when I was still in my teens, and I which is when I was like started going to church. Uh, you know, d- long story, but like um, my dad wasn't too crazy about the idea, uh-huh. and. I remember, like, my dad had a couple of friends over, and I was like, I was like, Dad, I'm gonna go to church, and he was, and he was like, s- s- same as the scene, mm. you know, he was just sort of like c- coming up with these small little reasons as to why I shouldn't, mm-hmm. until until his friend is like, let the boy go to church. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many worse places he could be going. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, like, uh, did I like all of it? No. Yeah, but I overall I enjoyed the film. I, I think um, that because I have noticed that some people have been kind of giving out about it a little bit and like sort of like saying that they found it to be a painful experience and all of that. No, it's nowhere I, near I, that. It's nowhere near that. Yeah. Uh, if anyone says this is the worst film I've ever seen, they need to get out and watch more movies. Yes, no, that's complete bullshit. It is by no means the worst movie. Uh, but I think that there's so much affection for Unbreakable mm. and there was always kind of the the promise that there might be a second chapter that people just just built all kinds of crazy expectations on this and and I did too to a certain extent and but 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 having said that you've I've seen all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies the guy has a style yeah yeah He's not about to suddenly fucking no, you know, there br- is a, break there, out of there that. There is a point where there's a plan is put forth and you think like, wow, they're going to go big. And we talked about this earlier where you said about like, wow, that's a big step. Yeah, there, and there's there, like, well, there actually, is, no, there, they don't have enough budget for that. There is this one thing that happens where you kind of get the impression that the third act is going to happen a certain way. Yeah. And it's big. It's and like it's, if, and they, it's, if they had, and it's going to be the way that like the, a major complaint against most superhero movies is like at the end it just turns into a CGI smash fest. Yeah, uh, it sets up something that looks like it's going to go that way and it doesn't quite go there. And that felt to me like 
why are they just hanging around here for a while? That, yeah. that, for me, it just felt again like it wasn't, as I said, a pacing problem. It just felt it was more of an expectation problem. It's like, are we going to go do this thing or what? You see, I didn't, I didn't feel that for a second because, as, like I told you, like, when, they, when, when, it's, when they lay that plan out in the film, in the, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is not a big budget movie. Yeah. Where the fuck do they get the money to shoot this sequence that they say they're going to do? But I and, felt that the staging of that sequence felt a bit weird and that it would have been like... If they had some other, like, yeah, they need to have a plan for everyone to think they were going. They had to do the Kansas City shuffle, right? They had to go left when everyone was going right. Yeah. And that was, I, I get it, but it just felt like that staging could have been a bit more epic to sell what's going on there. I mean, I would agree that the way they ended up doing the third act, no. it wasn't particularly exciting. Yeah. It wasn't particularly exciting. Uh, it, they made it look way more exciting in the trailer. Yeah, some and, of the some of the stuff that uh, like seeing James McAvoy and the Beast in Split was a revelation because you didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Here we've seen him do that, and as a result, you're just seeing him do more of it. And, and, he, and, he, does, and he does it a fair bit. He does, he does it. Very, it he does. He does it very well. Yeah. But uh, after after a while, it's going to be tiring changing personalities all the time because like the the, the the amount of acting he has to do. But he changes personalities is quite a lot. This is, the, this is actually the kind of role that you should get an Oscar nomination for. Because mm. this is crazy acting. James yeah. McAvoy is amazing in this. Because he's not doing it in like going in and out of rooms or in caves. He's doing no. it right in the front of everybody, changing between Patricia and... Uh, what was the kid's name? Kevin. Kev- uh, uh, what, what was it? Like, uh, yeah, I mean... Hedwig. Hedwig. Hedwig's a little yeah. nine-year-old. Yeah. Like, he does that very well. It just gets weird when it's in these bright rooms and it's like normal people talking to him. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't bug me. Yeah. I don't say it bugged me. It's just like, it feels, it's funny kind of. It, it, it gets to be funny. It gets to be, no, it's, it's never funny to me. I mean, no. like, the, certain things that the characters say, certain things that each personality, like, kind of does mm. is kind of funny. But I don't find the switching funny. Mm. You know, like, the going from one character to another. Like, to me, that's, I'm just, I'm just, you know, in, in awe of, like, the fucking acting talent. Mm. I just uh, found, like, other people's reactions to it. She's like, what the fuck's going on with this guy now? And, like, when the cops turn up, it's like, yeah, we got him, but he's doing some weird gurning thing. That was kind of one, yeah, I mean, but then we're getting into spoilers yeah. now. Well, I was thinking of vague, but I was a little bit unsatisfied. Unbreakable, I mean, unbreakable, unsatisfied. I did find, like, I laughed along with it. I just felt like when the twist came, like we said, like you said earlier, it all hinges on the third act twist. And I like the twist, and I like the concept. It just didn't quite land for me. Not a bad movie for me, but just for me personally, it just didn't land. Yeah, I can see I can see where you're coming from. I think the problem with the the twist is that it opens up a whole it opens up a door to a whole new thing. Yeah. And it's whether or not you're on board with that new thing as opposed to you know the twist from Unbreakable or the twist from Split where it still is about what you've just seen and, and about the people connected to what you've just seen. The people being important. Yes, whereas, it, whereas the twist in this film is different in the sense that it's, it's about expanding the world, but it's not necessarily about the people you've, you've spent the last two hours with. Yeah. Uh, so that, in that sense, it's possible that you, that you might feel cheated. I didn't feel cheated. It's not the twist I wanted, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel cheated. Yeah. And I, I, you know, for me... I need to understand that it's like, it's it's this artist's choice. Yeah, you're perfectly happy and feel this is in line with it, what he's done before. It's like there is there are so many ninety nine point nine percent of the movies I watch, I have issues with with certain creative choices. Yeah, you know, but I gotta accept the fact that it's like it's not my fucking movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, like this, this this guy made this choice. Well, it's I, like, I'm not, we're not having an argument. I'm just saying that like certain times you can wallpaper over those cracks and you like yeah because you, 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 your enjoyment is so much. But I thought yeah. that. I was on speed bumps so much that it was just 
I'm enjoying this. I'm off it again. I'm enjoying it. I'm off it again. That's right. just that's just how I felt. About right. It. Yeah. The movie never the movie never lost me. Yeah. You know, I wasn't necessarily into everything that was happening, but it never lost me. I never at any point thought like, ah, fuck it, I'm out. Yeah. You know, like it, I I never got to that place. I was I was at best very very engaged, uh, like, and at, at at worst probably just you know. Mildly entertained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need to dig up because it'd be interesting to see how this does because from what my understanding was with the visit, like Blumhouse just hands out $5 million at like candy to certain people and they go off and they make it and if yeah. they make it big, they get to do something else. If they don't make it big, you never hear about them again. Yeah. Um, the story said something about like M.I. Shaman put up his, put a more, he remortgaged his home or something. He owns it because he, he made enough money from the early movies, he bought himself a farm right. to stay away from people. Yeah. Uh, I think he mortgaged that for Split, I believe. Right, and so then when he was able to pay that off, he remortgaged it again for this. So I'll mm-hmm. be interested to see. Also, don't remortgage your home. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how it does if if word of mouth is going to build. Because again, it's you know there are kids older than Unbreakable. They can drink now. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's a scary fucking thought. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts before we go to spoilers? No, I w- I mean. I would recommend watching it. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially if you've seen Unbreakable and Split, I would definitely recommend watching this on the big screen. Uh, it's worth a watch. People who say that it's like really, really painful and horribly disappointing, no. I, I don't agree. No. I don't agree at all. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. I mean, yeah. Cool. And you know what? Like, you can always go back and just watch Unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> it's not changing it. This movie doesn't change how awesome that movie is. No. So. All right. Well, we're going to spoilers, uh, so be warned. Um, spoilers. What do we call you, sir? First name, Mister. Last name, Class. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the anti anti Aquaman. It's like everybody fucking dies. That was a shock. That was a shock. Yes. Um, but when, I, you, but, but when like, you think about it, like. And it's also like some of the most depressing deaths. Like David Dunn dies in a puddle. Yeah. And it's not a particularly like Heroic, meaningful, yeah, deep meaningful puddle. Death. It's not even a physically deep puddle. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. it's literally just slightly deeper than the road. Yeah. And some fuckhead who don't even get to see just drags him over there, just shoves his face in it. Yeah. And the tie between Mr. Glass and uh, Kevin is interesting as well. Yeah. I just felt that it started getting heavy-handed about it, and I did love the switch as well. There's a point where Anya Taylor Joy is in a comic book stop, and I think. All the comics are fake. Mm, yeah, they're like, all it's fake. It's all flame and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. only at the end, the twist is, it was our universe all the time. Because she's walking along and you see Batman 66 on the TV mm-hmm. and there's like Archie comics and yeah. there's actual real life. Yeah, yeah. Earth One comics everywhere. Yeah. That, I really like that idea. I really like that, you know, that, that idea. This is our world and the heroes are around and someone's keeping them under. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't feel it sold me on it properly. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's... It's not really. They don't really do anything with it. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, it's and it's that's evil. And, and, it's evil agents of Shield. And that's always been the problem with some of uh, his twists is that what makes them what makes them twist is that they kind of come out of nowhere and they're they're sort of like a little bit connected to things that have been happening. And with the twist in this film, where it's about a group about a group uh, a, a collection of people who's whose purpose is to keep these superheroes in check and to make sure that they don't... Uh, Let's call up, them Sentinels. They don't upset the balance. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, that just blows it wide open to become something entirely different. Also, instead of meeting at, like, private 
buildings or like it's renting like, it's, all, it's always in the most public places <laughs> you gotta wait for some guy to finish his lunch <laughs> before you can have I your... mean it's visually interesting it's cool it's like okay it's only us and they lock the doors and they have their secret meetings and was... it, it always, this always reminds me of that fucking line from Braveheart where it's like you know we've come we've come for your da you know we've come for your father it's like we're taking to a meeting it's like what kind of meeting the secret kind <laughs> <laughs> You know, Pretty much. And it's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, waiting for some guy to finish his fucking pasta spear so you can have yeah. a secret meeting to, like, defend the, to decide the fate of the world. It's like, ah, shit. Sorry, Charlie. He's ordering dessert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run. I'm going to be late for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm running late. I got to pick up the kids. I got to pick up the kids. Can, can we just, can we meet somewhere else next yeah. time? <laughs> Do you want to come to my house? You, want, you know, can we go to a Starbucks or something? <laughs> <laughs> an out of the way one or just like an indie shop. Like, why do we always have to meet in these restaurants? Yeah. <laughs> but the climax in the car park was like, I think, overlong. You know, they talk about David isn't really, he hasn't, he's only been doing 1% of his power. That's what yeah. one of the things yeah. the glass says to him. And you want to see him bust out. Yeah. And this idea that your confidence will carry through. There's a lovely yeah. message. Yeah. It's and like, it's like that whole thing that, that promise of like, you need, you, you need to be at your top potential in order to fight the, in order to fight the beast. Yeah. And so you're waiting for that moment. And it never comes. Yeah, that was a problem because I, I was like the beast. We've seen the beast running, doing his wall shit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. For the beast to believe, I wanted to see him jump out of frame in the foreground and land in the, you know, like yeah, a yeah. Wolverine jump or whatever. Yeah. You wanted, a, you wanted, you wanted a superhero landing. But uh, yeah, superhero <laughs> landing. I wanted yeah. so many in Aquaman, not a single superhero landing in this. I, I just wanted to see because this is grounded, man. I know. We're not going to be like those other. We're not going to be like those other fucking. To go on a complete movies. tangent, you know the way that Shazam. Have you seen the trailer for Shazam? Yeah, I've seen the trailer. You know when he's like, can you fly? And he runs up the skate ramp yeah, yeah, and kind of yeah. gets there halfway yeah, and yeah, falls. Yeah, yeah. That's a tone I thought they could have managed. Not that, that he'll eventually fly or the suit or anything, but just that you you extra wanted, you, 2%. You wanted to see something like that. And there's a little bit more, you know? So climbing climbing on walls, like doing Spider-Man, like, you know. Yeah, did, did that and split. split. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also, you know, Sarah Paulson tells him, well, you just watch lots of videos. That's how you learn shit. <laughs> what did you think of um, Sarah Paulson's delivery? Because that is fine. Yeah, because that is classic. Shyamalan. That is classic M. Night Shyamalan speak as Shyamalan. Slowly. You keep mispronouncing. Shyamalan. 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 Well, you know, for years I was just calling him Shyamalan. Shyamalan Dong. <laughs> I think I'm closer to it now. S H Y. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I've heard. Uh, Shyamalan. Like, the, you know, I'm, I'm saying it, I'm saying it right. No, I'm, but I'm it's, just, it's, I'm just it, not. it's a badge of honor for me that like I'm, I do enough writing for movies now that I can write his name without having to look it up. I love how you just slip. I know. That no, in, no, like, no. no. I'm saying like that. That's the thing. Is like I can spell his name <laughs> without looking it up. I can spell Arnold Schwarzenegger's name without without. I have to look up. that one up. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many Z's and N's. <laughs> I think I've got the harder one. Yeah. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, I liked what she's doing, and especially when the reveal came, the things that annoyed me disappeared like the sun on a, like the mist on a, on the, the morning sun. You know what I mean? It's like I found why is she being such an asshole, and why isn't David Dunn just bending metal? Yeah. Just to say, well, how about this, bitch? Yeah. And it makes sense that she's the humane way of dealing with superheroes. Like if we convince them they're normal, they'll stop doing it. Yeah. And if they don't, then we put a bullet in their head. Yeah. And that was very clever. Yeah. And after, as a result, apart from like lying in the dirt with David. Um, and, just, and just getting back to the uh, sort of the third act and the, the car, the parking lot fight. Or the, or the, the, the front, climax in the car park. The, the, front, the front lawn fight. Yeah. Uh, is that... Tell everyone to go over to the other side of the building and ignore what's going on Is there? It's like, you know, you got like David Dunn and, and, and the Beast fighting. And you, you got the cops just sort of looking Standing. at him. Yeah. And at the same time, at the same time, you got... 
Elijah Price just wheeling around, yeah. like just going like. There's oh. a part where the cops just ignore him completely. They ignore him completely. How can you ignore him? He's like in a purple fucking suit in purple. a wheelchair. A purple plastic. He's got MG. On his, I didn't. He's know got MG. MG. He's got he's got MG on his fucking. When he wakes, so that's when he wake, when he when you first meet him, he's heavily sedated, and they go to that great pains to yeah. explain. This is really a lot of sedation. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Never seen anyone this sedated before. Is he sedated? Yeah, he's very sedated. When he goes to the reveal, when he does that line of, what do you call me? It's like, first name Mr., second name Glass, and all the plans. And the reveal of what the setup he does, yeah, 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 where he's yeah. just wheeling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that, that was very nice. Very nice. And, the, and, when, he, and when he kills Daryl, yeah. that was beautiful. Yeah. That I was, was waiting for that to happen so often. And that moment with uh, Pierce, the other dickhead. Yeah, yeah. So these, they, oh man, this cheap-ass fucking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. motherfuckers don't have a proper secure security to keep these assholes in. They put three of the most powerful people in the world in the same place and they let fucking, you know, two grad student fucking psychiatrists who, to be honest, they're the, probably the first medical caregivers in movies who aren't 100% raging assholes. Yes. yes. Like, usually they're completely dick, sadistic yeah. bastards. Like, this one, it's like, yeah, they're dicks, but... Yeah, they're normal know. dicks and actually, you know, Daryl, you know, if you just, you're, dr you're not drinking enough water. Yeah. <laughs> But that reveal as well was very cleverly tied up. And that whole thing with uh, with Pierce, where like he's the torch, he's, yeah, but the that torch. was genuinely tense. That and was I was like thinking, is Glass gonna catch it? And that, I thought that would be where the the the, the coat the yeah, throat yeah, cutting yeah. reveal would be. But he couldn't catch it. He'd break his head. Yeah, I suppose that's true. You know, but uh, uh, but that flashback when he's a kid, which is uh, also, also like clever use of old footage of, mm. uh, of Unbreakable, like unused footage. Was that from Unbreakable? Yeah. Wow. Because they did some makeup to the mother, did they? Might have done. She looks kind of. Weird. But like that that bit in the in in, in the ride when yeah. he's like sliding around and like was that, the, that was, I didn't get a chance to watch the original again. That's it looked like the same kid. What was it? it I don't remember. I don't remember the flashback for the first one. It's been I haven't watched it since. No, it no, out. it wasn't in it wasn't in the first one. Oh, it was footage they but, shot. But uh, you know, like uh, it, it's been said in interviews that they have used old footage from from Unbreakable that they didn't use in Unbreakable. Mm. So yeah. so it, that could very well be it. I mean, like I know the. Um, like that, sh you know, like that shot. Like that shot of uh, Joseph and, and, and David, where he's like, "I know your secret identity." Was that yeah. was that in Unbreakable? I think that was in Unbreakable. Because the, the weightlifting thing sounded yeah. familiar. The weight the weightlifting thing sounded familiar, but like uh, he Maybe was not that take. he was referring to it in, in in a gym. Yeah. And the weightlifting thing, what didn't happen in, the in his gym? It was in the basement. But I think he said that you've seen you've, big guys do that in gyms all the time. Right. Maybe right. not that that because he did it in private. Yeah. Right. But uh, there was that, I mean, I did kind of go along with the misdirection that, like, maybe maybe it was all in their heads after all. Like, the son starts thinking about it, but he's like, nah. And that shop, was it the same comic shop? Because it looks like the same neon signs, right? Yeah. The heroes and it, the it looks signs. like It looked like the same place. Yeah. But yeah, Sarah Paulson's delivery worked fine for me. She had a very comic book outfit, which makes perfect sense. Like, she's wearing, like, a fucking plastic Mac at the beginning that yeah. looks totally comic booky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, like, uh, it's it's worth another watch. Just to, I mean, not not necessarily in the cinema. Yeah. But uh, if, when it comes out on Netflix or something, I would I would watch it again. Yeah. And it would be interesting to watch all three. Yeah. You know, just just, uh, just, to, just to see how how things sort of connect. I think a lot of people who watch this now probably haven't seen Unbreakable in quite a long time. I haven't seen it since it came out. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen it in years. And it is on Netflix. I checked because half the time the fucking shit it isn't is it around. Is. So it, it is. It is on Netflix. On Netflix so yeah. I'm gonna. Have so it'd be interesting to. I'd actually be really interested in watching all three. Because even you think Bruce Willis hasn't changed that much, but he has changed quite a bit. Yes. When you yes. see that old footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. whoa, it's, it's David from uh, Moonlighting. Mm. <laughs> David Addison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's the end of our review of Glass. If you've listened this far, well, well done, you've got two spoilers. Let us know what you think. You can get us on podcast at mcgappenfries.com. You can find us on Instagram at mcgappenfries and on Twitter. You can find Gavin at gavyap77 on Instagram and gavyap on Twitter. And you can find me at Prime on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to use the greenroom136.com link if you want to buy anything and help out the Sally Show. Finally, you can always find us on Spotify as well. So go to Spotify and search for my Getting Fries if you want to listen to us there. Thanks a lot for listening. Good night.